Good morning, everyone. It's a blessing to be here, standing before you. Thank you. This is a privilege for me to serve with you here on this campus. And I thank God for his call upon my life. He has called me into the ministry many years ago. And I currently serve at the Dorchester Emmanuel Church of the Nazarene, where I pastor. And so, as we go into the word today, I want you to know that this word is the authority in, in my life. It's to be the authority in all of our lives that call ourselves Christians. And so, my message this morning is about prayer, specifically Christian praying. So you pray when you wake up in the morning and you kneel at your bedside and pray to God about your day. At night you kneel before sleep or lay in your bed and you say your prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. For Christ's sake, amen. How many of you prayed that prayer growing up? Yeah, I knew a few of you at least did it. The question is, does God hear from you at any other time throughout the day? Oh yeah, maybe you trip on the ice on your way to class and as you're going down, you're hurt to say, oh God. Or you work your tail off in class and you study hard for the exam, and you get your grade, and it's not what you expected, and your triggered expression is, oh my God, I did all this work for this, then there are those public prayers, prayer before meals, team prayers before a game, uh, if you're uh, at home, city officials pray before opening a business meeting, if, where that is still done. Here on campus, there is prayer before classes, prayers in chapel. What's that all about, all this praying? Let me give you a working definition of prayer that I will use today. Prayer is the believer's communication with and ever-present access to God. Prayer is the believer's communication with and ever-present access to God. And I want to introduce you then to the passage from the Word of God that we're going to use today as our text, our key verse, verses. And it's from Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Before I go on, I just want to uh, thank uh, fr any friends and colleagues that are here. I, do, I know one of my dear friends is here, and I want to thank you for coming. I don't want to forget to say that. There's a few points I want to make today as we look at this, this text. And if you have your Bible, you can open up to it. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. First of all, true prayer is the expression of a genuine personal relationship with God. You know, in the scriptures, uh, we have a model prayer 
The disciples were with Jesus one day, and they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he taught them, and he taught them by using a, a prayer which we see as a model prayer, as a pattern for prayer. And it begins, some of you know it, as our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This prayer begins with talking about a relationship with God as Father. Our scripture today uh, begins, uh, is found within the context of the book of Philippians, specifically chapter 4. And the first verse of chapter 4, Paul, uh, Paul the writer says, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand <clears throat> fast in the Lord, beloved. In other words, the writer of this book is encouraging and instructing the readers, the Christians in Philippi, and all believers of all time to be unwavering in their trust in the Lord. He's saying to the beloved, even here at ENC, be firm in your faith, keep on keeping on. In this passage, we find the tender exhortation and command and promise of a God who knows what's going on in our lives and cares deeply. Do you ever feel sometimes like, well, God doesn't care about this particular event or thing happening in my life? That don't bother God with that, sometimes people would say. But God cares about everything in our lives. The entire book of Philippians is a letter encouraging the beloved community of saints that God who began a good work in them, transforming their lives, uh, making them become more and more, more like Christ, he will complete it. That community of believers were going through some, some heavy things at Philippi. They were having some disunity in the church. They were, uh, ha there was contention between some of the members. Paul the apostle, the writer was reminding them that part of that process of growth is the ongoing communication with the Lord and turning things over to him in prayer. So true prayer is the expression of a genuine personal relationship with God. Now, some of you might be here and you might say, but I'm not sure I have a relationship with God. I just want to remind you that that's why Jesus came, the Bible tells us God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And that means to have a relationship with God through faith in him, receiving forgiveness and the fellowship with him. There's much more that can be said about that and explained and questions answered. And so I'm available, other other. Christian workers here are available to share with you and talk with you about that. My, my second thing I want to point out is that prayer is the antidote to anxiety. June Hunt, who is a Christian psychologist and Christian radio host, says, one of the most destructive habits ensnaring human, human beings is also so common that many consider it as natural as breathing and as harmless as blinking. That habit is called worry. It is such a skilled and deceptive thief that its victims don't even know they've been robbed 
robbed of peace, of time, of mental energy, and of emotional well-being. Worry is like a thick braided headband that puts pressure on the mind, a confining cord of interwoven, interwoven with three strands, the distresses of yesterday, the trials of today, and the fearful what-ifs of tomorrow. This vice-like grip of worry tragically compresses your joy, cramps your peace, and confines your freedom. But this constriction can be conquered. The word that is translated for us as worry carries with it the idea of a vicious animal tearing away at another, like, you know, when the, when the hound catches the fox. Or even simply look at a dog who is chewing away at a bone. He's, he's t tugging at it and beating it around, and he, he just has to conquer that bone. You can, you, can, you can actually say he is worrying the bone. So today, worry means to torment oneself with disturbing thoughts. This is how the, the cares, anxieties, and concerns of this life can tear away at the Christian and distract them from their walk and their relationship with the Lord. Worry and anxiety are so closely related but when you, when you study the term um, anxiety, it has a little different nuance of meaning than worry. Anxiety is the word that people um, in the medical profession use to describe a mood state. Anxiety is a normal human emotion that everyone experiences at times, but I uh, see many people feel anxious or nervous when faced with a problem at work or before taking a test or making an important decision. We pretty much see it as being a normal thing. Anxiety disorders, however, are different, and I'm not a qualified medical person to talk about this, but these can cause such distress that it interferes with a person's ability to lead a normal life. For people with anxiety disorders, worry and fear are constant and overwhelming and can be crippling. Physical effects are heart pal palpitations, fatigue, nausea, chest pain, shortness of breath, stomach aches, and headaches. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, approximately four million suffer from generalized anxiety disorder each year. And so it's a very prominent issue. Over the years, I've interacted with college students uh, a lot first as a student myself, and that was way back in the dark ages, and then many years of ministering to college and university students as a campus minister. A lot has changed in, in college life since the time I was in college. A huge change, of course, is in communications. The technology that has developed with cell phones, computers, you know, all the different social platforms and so, social uh, uh, well, social platforms, I can't think of the entire word. When I was an undergrad nursing student many years ago, all my papers were typed on the typewriter. Some of you are like, typewriter, what is that? Computers were not accessible to us in those days. It was just one huge mainframe, you know, at MIT or whatever. But a lot has changed. 
One thing, though, has stayed the same. Students still worry uh, and are anxious about grades, credits, uh, class credits, finances. Are my grades good enough? Will I do well on the exam? Do I have enough credits to graduate? Will I be able to pay for school? I have seen some students practically, practically go off the deep end worrying about such things. These worries even give rise to uh, businesses where students can go and have papers written for them. It's, so, it's too stressful for them to do it themselves. Not at ENC though, they, no students here do that. Of course, there are other matters that can arise, boyfriend, girlfriend problems, family matters, and so forth. During my time in graduate school at the theological seminary, one of my classmates, uh, a married man, took his own life, leaving his wife grief-stricken and, and the campus in shock. The stresses of life became so overwhelming for him that he found a way out. This topic is so important that Jesus spoke about worry and anxiety. In fact, because of the command he gave, we understand that we are really committing sin as Christians when we resort to worry. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, just part of what he said about worry. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? There's another time in the Bible when Jesus was with some friends of his, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and Martha was busy running around, doing hospitality, cooking and whatnot, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his teachings. Martha came complaining to Jesus, why don't you tell my sister to come and help me? And Jesus said to Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the better part. What is the answer to our worry and anxiety? The third thing I want to point out is that prayer is the pathway to deliverance from anxiety and worry in order to experience peace. That's my third and final point. Anxiety is a state of being uneasy, apprehensive, or worried about what may happen, concerned about a possible future event. Worry is a troubled state of mind. And I tell you, I've done a lot of it in my, in my life. I have a tendency to worry. In our text today, Paul is instructing and exhorting Christians, beloved brethren, in Philippi about how to handle worry, the cares of life, and how to experience the peace of God, even though life is tough. He tells them, this is the verse, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. That's their part. 
And the result will be that the peace of God that is beyond all comprehension, beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I looked at that verse in the original text and my literal translation of this says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and by entreaty or supplication, with a grateful heart, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In everything, every situation, every problem, every challenge you face, every disappointment, wherever you are, at any time, you can pray in everything. By prayer, prayer is generally meaning coming before God in, in adoration, devotion, and worship. We did worship this morning with singing, but you also worship in prayer and in other things that we do. Whenever we find ourselves worrying, we should immediately get along with the Lord and worship him. Or maybe you're on the train, so you can't really get away from all those crowds of people on the train, but you can get alone within yourself with the Lord. And if you adore him, you must see the greatness and majesty of God. You must adore the Lord. Remember that prayer is the believer's ever-present communication with and access to God. The verse says, uh, in everything by prayer and entreaty or supplication, which is an earnest sharing of our needs and problems. You know, my, my mother is a prayer warrior. For years bef before her, she became debilitated with, with her dementia problem, um, but even then she would pray. Her schedule was built around prayer. Sometimes we traveled together years ago when I lived in Florida, and she was living in Florida. Uh, on a flight from Raleigh, North Carolina to Orlando, we encountered extreme turbulence. At first, for myself, being a veteran flyer, I was just kind of taking it in stride, you know, up and down, bumping along. But mother was getting a bit disturbed by it. And then it got so bad, I began to get concerned too, even a bit fearful. And then the plane not only was bumpy, but it suddenly dropped. And it felt like the end was near. My mother yelled out loudly in the plane, Lord, help us. It was a prayer. Do you know that immediately the plane stabilized? The pilot was able to get things under control and bring us eventually safely to a landing by the help of God. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And then the next thing in that verse says, with thanksgiving. Pray with a grateful heart. Have appreciation, show appreciation to God Giving thanks to God, you don't have to like the situation or the people or the outcome, but God wants you to be thankful. 
This is not natural for us. We need God's help to be able to have that attitude of gratefulness. You know, there's a story in the Bible where Christ healed 10 lepers, and they went away, all healed, but only one came back to give thanks to God. But this verse tells us, and as I continue the verse, the result of us going to him in prayer with a grateful heart is that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, the guards at Buckingham Palace in England, uh, there is the changing of the guards. It's a big sightseeing thing when you go to London. And what they do is they protect the queen and the royals of the UK. God's peace will be like a sentinel, a guard guarding your heart and mind so that the cares and worries of life don't destroy you. Peace involves the heart and the mind. The Bible says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What I talked about today was that true prayer is the expression of a genuine personal relationship with God. Prayer is the antidote to anxiety. Prayer is the pathway to deliverance from anxiety and worry in order to experience peace. I want, uh, by way of application, to suggest to you, students, faculty, staff, whoever's here, write out your own five, top five worries. Sometime today, maybe now or before you go to bed tonight. But, but try to do that periodically, even daily or weekly. Write them out and then turn them over to the Lord. There's a great song called What a Friend We Have in Jesus and the author of that song John Shriven was born in Ireland in 18, 1820. He was educated at Trinity College in Dublin and was engaged to be married. The evening uh, before their wedding, Shriven's fiance drowned. This tragedy, coupled with difficulty in fam fam difficult family relationships, caused Joseph to begin following the practices and teaches, teachings of the Plymouth Brethren, which is a, a church denomination. Shortly after moving to Canada to become a teacher, Shriven became engaged to Eliza Roche. Tragedy struck again. Eliza passed away from illness shortly before marriage. And Joseph wrote his famous hymn in 1855 to comfort his mother who still lived in Ireland. He did not seek to be noticed for it and his authorship was only discovered by accident shortly before his death. There's more to his story, but I'm gonna ask Jamila, who's here, to sing for us two verses of this song.
I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask that you would wait until we sing the doxology uh, to leave. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you that you are indeed a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. We are reminded from your word today that we should not worry about anything but pray about everything. Lord, that's really hard for us to do. A lot of times, we need to do that, and we don't because it's, it may not be the first thought that comes to our mind. But Lord, because we honor you so much, and because we believe your word, and because we know that you are there to help us, you are a friend in need and a friend indeed. We, Lord, desire to turn everything over to you so that we not worry about things, but we pray about everything bring it to you in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And we appreciate all that you, you will do and all that you have done for us. And we give you all the praise and all the glory today for all that you are to us and will be. In Jesus' name we pray. <laughs> 